So I have a lot of friends that are servers um, that, that dance on the side. And so they'll do funny things like always have music playing in the back kitchen or just add in little, like their own flair. They they'd want to be on stage behind Beyonce. Like they do not want to be giving you water, but they find ways to add their passion into the work that they're doing. Talk about your idea wherever you go. Where's your heart and what are you working on about it? A lot of times the best ideas come out of the, the world doesn't have to be this way and I wanna do something about it. So share that. Do you share it? Make the ask. Do you know anyone else that cares about this? Hey everybody, this is Nick with Educate. This week we are happy to have Casey Field join us. Casey is a friend of ours here in Orlando. She works with entrepreneurs to help them plan and start businesses. And we're going to be chatting about pursuing your dreams and some of the balance between following that passion and some of those real life responsibilities that all of us still have. Casey has a lot of awesome experience working with entrepreneurs in developing countries. And some of that work has been recognized by the Clinton Global Initiative. And she also grew up wanting to be a professional Dancer. Casey, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, I wanted to start by asking about some of the work that you do day to day, because I feel like you have a lot of, you got a lot of irons in the fire. If you could talk maybe about what a typical day looks like for you, you work with a lot of startups and entrepreneurs who are just getting started. What's that like? What's your favorite part of, of working with some of those folks? So I am the programming director over at Starter Studio. Um, so we're an innovation super hub, which just means that if you have a business idea or currently working on a startup, you can come through our doors and we have some some sort of resources to provide to you. So my role in all of that is developing companies through our ideation accelerator and all of our okay. programming mentors and investor networks. Um, so they kind of come in with an idea and a passion and a heart for something and then just look at us with these big, big, bold eyes and say, how can you help me? And um, that's really where my job comes in, um, equipping them with all of the resources that they need and the timelines that they need and skills that they're seeking to take whatever idea. Um, it is that they're working on and launch this new technology into the market. And so um, I really feel very privileged and blessed to be in the role that I'm in. Um, it's so cool to be able to see people really like latch on to their passions and pursue right. it wholeheartedly. And then you see them have these like little momentary breakthroughs wow. like throughout the day, throughout the entire process. And so whether their te new technology launches or doesn't launch, just the self-discovery and the right. the passion that comes with it is, I mean, that keeps me here every day. And That's got to feel so cool, like almost like a teacher, you know, when you're a kid growing up and the teacher can see it. Oh, like something clicks for a student and they're like, that's it. They're figuring that out because of something that I did or helped with. I don't know, um, maybe you can speak to this, but I think there's a, I don't want to say that it's a misnomer, but I think culturally there's a trend to where if something, if you're passionate about something or you feel like there's something that you want to pursue, I think the way that it, it's maybe portrayed in TV and film and it's like throw everything away, sell everything that you own, pack up your family and go pick yourself up and go figure it out, kind of like a sink or swim mentality that like starting a business, you have to be all in from day one in order for it to work. 
but there's kind of a spectrum of people, right? Where there's some people that want to ha still have that stability, test the waters, kind of lay that groundwork that you're talking about so that they don't just wake up one day, sell their house and like, we're moving to Chicago and we're going to make this work, like be more of a uh, measured approach, more of a strategic, right? It kind of all comes down to personal values, mm. um, I think, and what you want your life to be built on okay. um, when you're making a lot of the decisions. But a lot of times something that you think is your passion, um, once you start to dive into it further and further, it starts to take on new forms. For instance, when I was growing up, I knew I loved dance. Right. But once you start the pursuit of dance, there's so many avenues that you can take. You can be commercial, you can go Broadway, you can join a ballet company. Mm. So there's all these all these different things. And so if you jump the gun and like move your entire life and move your whole family and all of that prematurely, you kind of have this opportunity to limit your discovery. Right, um, yeah. And so it's very interesting to me to, and, and also one of the things we work on with our startups is really figuring out like, what is the purpose behind your life and this company and how does it integrate together? Like, let's build this in a sustainable fashion. That's It's right. rooted in your heart. It's rooted in your actual passions. And it's not just a, I think this is a good idea that we need to unleash in the world. So let me just change my entire life yeah. to, to pursue it. And so I think it's, I really, admire people that find or they feel like something's been tweaked in their heart and they want to do something about it, right? They Or they see something in the world that could be different and doesn't have to be that way and they want to take actionable steps to it. But no one ever said a leader is the person that like ups and walks away from their right. life tomorrow. And so... I think there's that opportunity to really kind of kind of test out and feel out the waters and see. When for did a that bit. happen for you? Because, like you're saying, you grew up wanting to be a professional dancer. I think here it says that you were dancing for almost 17 years. By that, it sounds like you were kind of on track to pursue dance professionally. What what did that look like for you to to pursue this professionally to help startups? Yeah, so a lot of it was, it was trying to balance the creative side of everything that I loved, the arts and, and dancing, and then also my love of business. I studied finance and economics in college and okay. was just like so obsessed with economic development and how money flowed and right. all that kind of stuff. And so I didn't know how to balance the two of them. And so that was kind of my, that was my pursuit after college um, was how do I find something where I can do both things and mm. a lot of finance was leading into that like white collar suited investment world and I just didn't know what to do with it. That's um, a career day right when they bring it and you're like yeah, I don't, none like, of these no, companies look is, good. This is not I can't wear my toms here so this <laughs> is a problem. Um, and so yeah I really had to reason through okay well what do I what am I willing to let go of and what what values do I do I need to keep in my life? And so as I started kind of navigating more and more down the path of dance, a lot of personal red flags were coming up in terms of, you know, not not being willing to live the gig the gig life, not being confident enough on the pursuit of being able to book enough to live my life and to have stability and to be able to grow other pursuits. And it ultimately ended up that my love of developing creatives trumped my interesting my love of like physically being cuz that's a still creative. a creative role um, yeah yeah it definitely it definitely has a lot of 
I found I found the merger of being creative, being able to develop new ideas, build off of stuff, and you know use different colors and be comfortable in in my work environment and community and tap into that palette. All of that, no pun intended, but tap yeah. into that skill set, but in a yeah. different way. Yeah, add some colors, but it wasn't that was more fulfilling to me than pursuing a career in dance. I didn't, the personal connection of being able to build others up and really like sit with and work with other people was something that I was never able to like latch onto when I was on the stage. There was always a disconnect between Mm. who I was and and the people. And so that two-way kind of like dialogue and and growth was ultimately what caused me to step into more of what, of do you still dance? Do you? Yeah, yeah. So there's always there's always opportunity to do whether you're pursuing the arts or you're pursuing a company or it doesn't have to be so linear that I I don't know if that's just a big cultural shift that's happened where I think before maybe from our parents' generation I feel like maybe there's this what you do for a living is kind of what you lead with. You're like, oh, this is who oh I do this and that's what I am. And I think that that, that line is getting more and more blurry as people have a job or a side hustle or multiple side hustles where it's if it can't fit into uh i feel like that's funny when i see like instagram bios and stuff it's like marketer entrepreneur you know dancer foodie blogger it's like nine different things because everybody's trying so many things because there's not always going to be one thing that like completely fills all of the buckets of your life yeah no i would definitely agree with that and a lot of people think we are actually just talking about this yesterday. A lot of people are so focused on like the pursuit of their their vision or their dream that they become linear in thought. Mm. And so they forget that these there's all these external sources of new information and energy right. and just like release or rest or whatever it may be that you can't forget about along You have life outside the way. of so when someone's able to, you know, work the nine to five, work work the the gigs part time, mm-hmm. so that they can pursue what their what their passion is, like good for them. Yeah, go for um, it, absolutely. But if you kind of look at the the pattern, the waves of the economy as well from our parents' generation, you know, they they were being called like out of a lot of times out of fear into stability. Right. Right. So they didn't. A lot of I'll talk to my parents about it. I mean, I grew up with a CFO as a mom and a mechanical engineer as a dad. Yeah. Like um, the idea of creative pursuit or launching something risky was just not something that they they had the opportunity. Right. Because um, I'm sure their parents are either coming out of like economic downturns and out of out of the war world. Yeah. Like, well, let's try and get get stable. Like it's it's safe and it's probably it's easier mentally than always like you said always pursuing a gig every week or like oh i need the i need two hundred dollars how am i going to find two hundred dollars before right before friday before friday (laughs) yeah it's funny because i have like i play music and i have friends that are musicians and i have some like i have friends that are full-time musicians um, but they, I feel like they fall in two camps where on, on one hand, there's people that are – they're full-time, but they're not kind of fighting for that paycheck. Like they've found – it's even funny because I feel like even once you make it, quote unquote, make it in music or in the arts, it usually ends up being that you're 
in some sort of contract with a larger entity, like you get signed to a record label or you get signed to an agency or something where then you're getting a monthly stipend, almost like a salary, or you get a large chunk of money up front that's supposed to sustain you for a few years where that stability is then given to you so that you can pursue art. So in between is that gig economy before you make it to that point. And I have friends that are kind of maybe stuck isn't the right word, but they jumped into full-time maybe before they were ready to do it. And so now they are working five times as hard as they need to be, I think, just to make ends meet. But all of that effort that goes into doing that zaps them creatively. So then they're not able to like have the mental clarity to figure out what the next step is because all they're ever thinking about is like, oh, two days from now, I need to make that $200 or that $1,000 or whatever it is to just live their life. And I, I feel like I see that cycle over and over where people take that leap almost prematurely where they're trying to do something creative, but they lose all of their energy and passion for it because it just burns them out trying to make the trying to make rent or, or whatever it is. Yeah. I have a ton of dance friends that are in that position. And some of our entrepreneurs are in it too. And what you just what you see with without that preparation, and it could be something as simple as like building a calendar out. Mm. of when all of your bills are due and then when all of your all of your commissions are coming in, right? So something as simple as like if I don't book a show this week, yeah. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Right. You know, it's like it's little things like that, but you're you're so right. Like when when you're struggling financially and you you don't have time to create every day. Mm-hmm. So I think for both entrepreneurs and artists, it's even on the days when you don't want to create uh, or you don't want to build something, or you don't want to talk to customers, you still have to, like, you still have to. Right, you still got to show like, up to work. That's your job. Like, that's that's your work. That's the lifestyle you've chosen. That's like working at in a nine-to-five. You have to do X, Y, and Z mm. throughout the day, and so, and that's growing you. So if you're not doing things every single day, is this really what you want to make a lifestyle out of? Right. And so. I forget the name of the book. It's also another book about Stephen King wrote a book on writing like about the process of writing. And he talks about the same thing. Like if to be a writer, you have to wake up every day and write. Like good, bad, or indifferent, sick, sorry, or sore, I'm getting up every day and I'm writing. And it could be awful, but just putting the thoughts onto paper, I think I think is more. it's more about the process of doing, maybe even when you're starting a company, it's about showing up, quote unquote, showing up to work every day, putting in the energy and putting in the work. Mm-hmm. And I think I think in that there's a high that comes early on when you're like I'm starting something new and I'm you're like hot off the press and we're going for it and you make these big life changes to pursue that passion but I think once you start getting in the weeds and you're like a year and a half two years in and the monotony of maybe some of those things that you left at a 9 to 5 job start coming up and you can't deflect it anymore. You can't be like, oh, that's the marketing department because you are now, you're everything <laughs> all day, every day. You can't shun that responsibility just because you don't want to. But and probably tough to navigate. I don't know if you can speak to that. Like when people come in, are, is anybody surprised by the workload? Oh, yeah. No, they're absolutely surprised. A lot of times you'll hear, well, it's always the capital, right? Yeah. I, need, <laughs> I, need, I need the capital or it's, I need to hire a CTO or I need to hire a CMO or like there's always there's always something else that they're that they're looking for. And then there's just a lot of 
there's like a lot of loneliness that comes with it too. Mm. And so that'll that'll come up. And so they'll try to fill the team with people or things. and To just be around um, people. Yeah, to just have people to bounce ideas off of. And, you know, it helps when we talk about social capital in terms of, you know, economic well-being and financial well-being and all of that. The communities you're in, the networks you're in that, that support you and stuff. And so... I think a lot of times in artist creative space, all of that, if you feel like you're building and you're like pouring your heart into all this stuff and you don't, you're not part of a community that's that's supporting, you know, mm. the growth of that and all of that, it becomes really difficult really fast. That's probably why places like Starter Studio exist or even, I guess, in an artistic community, right, where you, if, I guess my anchor points, like if you're playing music, there's in the US, you're either going to Nashville, New York, or LA, right, because there's a community of people that are doing it every day that kind of know the the inside baseball of what what it's like to be doing that and i think for your own sanity like if you're working completely independently in your garage or building something from scratch just like starter studio it's kind of like a watershed moment when you come into a place where you're surrounded now by people that get what you're going through and can kind of talk you through that. Do you see that when people come in? They're like, oh, wow, this is crazy. All of these other hundreds of people that are working on the same struggles that I am, I'm not crazy. I'm not completely crazy for pursuing yeah. <laughs> this. Uh, you don't have to go home at like Thanksgiving and be like, yeah, mom, it's still it's still going all right. Like I found a bunch of other people that are struggling, but it, it's going to be cool. Yeah, no, definitely the, the community is, is super important. And they, they kind of all realize together this idea of like, the struggle is real or the starving. I was I read a couple articles on it yesterday, the starving entrepreneur. And mm. I was like, how do they compare the starving entrepreneur with the starving artist? And what does that look like? And I mean, across the board, it was the same sort of conversation of be smart about it. Mm. You know, it's really, it's a lot more fun to be creative um, than to sit down and be realistic. And what advice, I mean, what advice do you have maybe for somebody that's starting a project or even a couple years into something about being practical. Like you have this idea, you're passionate about it. Um, I think that's an that's a concept that keeps coming up. Like I think people can get passionate about something, but maybe when you get into the weeds of it in, without feeling overwhelmed, like what are some th like things that people can do to maybe mitigate that? Is that keep a nine to five job? Is that seek out capital? Is that come to a space like this where there's resources in the community? Yeah, I think. And then I'd love to hear your your thoughts on it um, with your journey through yeah. music. But speaking it into existence, you know, talk talk about your idea where you wherever you go. Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you, where's your heart and what are you working on about it? Um, talk about a lot of times the best ideas come out of the, the world doesn't have to be this way. Mm-hmm. And I want to do something about it. So share that in the in the spaces and, and communities that you're part of. Seek out the resources. You know, make after you share it, make the ask. Do you know anyone else that cares about this? Yeah. Like, do you know a space where musicians normally go? Like, where do people dance around here? Um, just, like, be in the community. Yeah, just, like, put, put the asks out there so people know where your heart's at, what you're working on. People love to hear... Like humans connect best when you're like when you like when you connect heart to heart. Yeah. Like I I really care about this and so do you. So like let's let's we do should some, hang. Let's we do should something like totally about hang this. out about that. Right? And like I don't know why that concept is 
so foreign. Yeah, so that's a big thing. Speaking into existence, finding resources, seeking them, and figuring out what you need to get by and what you're willing to to have to get by on your own and without, mm-hmm. you know, without other people. Because if one day you want to walk away from that dream, which which can happen, yeah, you know, you're at the point where you're stable enough to be able to. Not only did you let go of part of your heart, but you could be at the point where you were a starving artist for so long that you don't really know where you are. So you can set yeah. yourself up financially to be ready to embrace a new idea or, you know, step away from something that no longer doesn't hold the same weight as, as it used to. So how is it for you and music? Because I know you kind of ebbed and flowed out of yeah, full time. T- and I'm trying to think of my journey. So I finished college and I was in a band, moved to Nashville with the band for a little bit. I think we were up there for about two years. And when I first went up there, it was kind of, the plan was to just like go full time, quote unquote. But at the time, like we were all sharing a house together. Like our bills were super, super low. So the idea of going full time, the barrier to entry was a lot lower. And and I think that badge of honor gets kind of thrown around a lot. It's like, oh, I do this full time. But if your expenses are low or you you know, you're still on your parents' cell phone plan or something. The qual- the qualifications are, are a little bit lower. So I did that. And then I moved I moved back to Florida a couple years back and got a got a full-time job. Um, started working in marketing and I guess being in the entrepreneurship and the tech space in Orlando and started seeing all these people that were making things uh, like creative, but in a completely different way than I was used to. And I thought that was really, really cool, really interesting. Um, And that kind of ended up leading to where I am today here at Educate. But in the in-between, in between the last job and here at Educate, I went full-time again doing music. And I think Something that I touched on earlier. This, there's, it's a stupid phrase, but it gets thrown around in music a lot. That in the music business, business is the bigger word, and I think there's a lot of business, like brass tacks, of earning a living doing music. That I was finding that the energy that I was putting in to just living my life, paying my bills, paying for health insurance, and like the day to day grind of that was tapping me out creatively because I was just, I was working almost every single day of the month 30 day, like 12 hour days 30 days a month just to try and make it work um, and since I felt like I transitioned into finding a role that let me have the flexibility to still work on music now I feel like some of the opportunities that I've been getting and that I've been able to pursue because of that are leaps and bounds above anything that I was able to get when I was quote unquote full-time doing music. So I think just that mindset shift of it's okay to ha- to like work <laughs> work on multiple different things, have different side hustles. Um, even friends that I know that are in music that drive for Uber or they get seasonal jobs or something to kind of carry them over so they can relieve that burden of maybe they're not ready to be as full-time as just to have that badge of honor. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's just, I think it's a different world that we're in, but I think it's a learning process, right? Where, like you're saying, our parents felt this way about having something safe and stable. Um, and I think until you get out and you start testing the waters in different ways and you see what works for you, I don't think you can say for sure that like, I need a nine to five to feel secure or I need to be completely pursuing my passion to feel fulfilled. I think there's probably a medium ground for everybody be able to still do both, still have hobbies, still have passions, 
that isn't one extreme or the other. And it could end up being more work, right? Where you work in the day and then you put in the two, three hours at night or you wake up extra early before you go to work and you put in the time into your business or you cut out the eating out twice a month or whatever. And you take that hundred or $200 to invest into your idea. I think I'm seeing a lot more people with creative ways to make, make that balance balance work and then it ends up being more successful for them because they had the like the context and that macro level view that was long-winded <laughs> sorry no no that's i mean there are a lot of points that definitely came out of that i think one of the ones you spoke to was the the passions versus work and mm. i've heard it said a lot of times where people say if you're not passionate about your work then add your passion into your work mm. so i have a lot of friends that are servers Yep. Um, that that dance on the side. And so they'll do funny things like always have music playing in the back kitchen or just add in little like their own flair into yeah. whatever they're doing. And so it's not they they want to be on stage behind Beyonce. Like they do yeah. not want to be giving you water <laughs> and refilling your water. Um, but they find ways to add passion, their passion into the work that they're doing. And so I think that that is one way to kind of Okay, well, if, if someone's sitting here saying, I need to cross this hurdle, right? I'm I'm struggling. I am i can't make my bills this month. I'm really tired of asking my friends and parents, um, although they love my music and they love what right. I'm doing. You know, how do I cross that, cross that bridge? Um, and it's what seemingly boring job that you don't want to do, can you do? And what, can, what of yourself can you add to it to make that space better? And so it's, in, it's interesting watching watching the path of artists and entrepreneurs. A lot of our guys out here um, at Starter Studio are Uber drivers. Yeah. It's almost about being adaptive to your situation more than anything while they're pursuing their passion or while they're working on something. And that may be being an Uber driver. It may, if Depending on what stage of your life you're at, like be an Uber driver, get a roommate, like cut back on X, Y, and Z, sell your car, expensive car to get a lower car payment, whatever. You have to look at your own situation, I think, and figure out what works. I think stay, it sounds so, <laughs> this is like <laughs> such entrepreneur speak, but I think like stay humble about yourself because I think people have this perception that they're going to be judged if they take that, a quote unquote, a step down from where they're at, where they go, I'm going to go from working full-time to part-time so that I can drive Uber on the side, but I'm doing that because it allows me to come to these like workshops or something at Starter Studio, or it allows me to tour on the weekends or whatever that is. Like shift, shift how you feel like other people are going to perceive you as you're doing these things because it does take sacrifice, right? I'm sure you hear about people all the time coming in saying, "I gave up this" or "I made this big life change to be able to to do this thing." I think you see a lot of times when when people find their their heart or their passion like be okay with starting all the way at the bottom. Yeah. Like and it's it's difficult to do that, but until you reach your your tipping point, that point where you can go full time or you've completed your first raise and you can finally pay your team and yeah. you know things are going well for the well for the company for We're that We're getting Chipotle season. for everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Um you know, until you reach that that tipping point and, and even after, but especially as you're working up to that, like your ears should be wide open and you're you should be listening more than you're telling anyone about mm. listening to like 
your your mentors, guidance, wisdom, financial like financial wisdom. Like you have to kind of assess when you're when you're gonna take that that leap into. I have my dream and I'm I'm gonna pursue it now. Like yeah. to, like today, I'm going to like take an hour to go dance or paint or whatever that is. Take a couple hours at the beginning of every month and assess where you need guidance. Like, I really need someone to help me manage my budget. I really need someone to help me understand how I can afford all of these new, you know, the lens or the paintbrushes or my shoes or like just just those things. Like, be really honest with yourself. Mm. And what seems like a really brutal, like two to three hours worth of time is going to give you so much freedom the rest of the month to create and continue growing. Yeah. But a lot of people don't want to put in those those hard hours where I might have to do 15 customer interviews this week, but I also might find out that I need to kill my idea. And yeah. <laughs> so... Putting in that... I almost like the idea, like, not micro work, but, like, breaking things up just into chunks like that because I think there's uh, there is some of that kind of crud that you have to work through the stuff the stuff that you don't want to do but breaking it up into smaller chunks like you said a couple hours at the beginning of a week or at the top of the month to prepare yourself so that you're not throwing shoveling sand against the tide every day that you come in and I think that also speaks to you don't have to be all of it all at once I think people think like oh I have to start a business as though it's like opening a chick-fil-a or a franchise where you have to put up a quarter million dollars and hire 40 people and XYZ you're talking about like iterating little bits at a time making progress on those goals as opposed to trying to take on the enormity all at once right right yeah absolutely and just being really innovative about how you start bringing the dream into reality being willing to do things outside of the box mm. um, but inside of your budget so <laughs> think outside the box inside your inside budget. your budget so it's like some of the startups what is the easiest thing you could do with fifty dollars right yeah. now to test and it might be take 10 people to coffee yeah. <laughs> right and figure it figure it out like yeah to give yourself like a, a little budget, like if you're if you're an artist, so many artists have been discovered like on the street yeah. corner, right? Like on the front steps in front of the big live music hall or outside of a local diner or something right. like that. And so we hear these stories all the time and then actually applying them into our own lives without thinking I'm insane or I'm crazy or this is totally like, that's unrealistic. That's but I'm me. I, like, I couldn't do that, right? Right. Like. Just, just things like that. Recognizing that if I really want, if I really want this, what do I need to do, and what can I realistically do in my time and my schedule and all of that? How do you, how do you realistically dream? Which kind of sounds like sounds weird, but one of my favorite stories that uh, Chris at Educate tells is like early on in the company, um, he found out that some of the people that were like in the space that he needed to talk to were coming to a conference here in Orlando, but he couldn't afford, he didn't have the money to go to the conference because he was like super bootstrapping it. So he waited, he went to the Starbucks at the convention center or across the street from the convention center to wait for those people to like take lunch breaks and coffee breaks and then hit them up while they were in there with like his iPad and be like, hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee? for five minutes of your time to like, let me know what you think about this app and this idea. And I think, like you said, just getting creative 
in with the budget that you have. Um, and I think that's just part of running a startup business is like you're not going to have the money and you're not going to have the capital. But what you do have is maybe that little bit of extra time if you're able to carve it out of the day. And that's where you have to like hustle and get creative with uh, realistically pursuing your dreams. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Are there any uh, are there any like takeaways or things that you'd like to hit on? Yeah, absolutely. So. Whether you're an artist or entrepreneur, um, I think I think what it kind of encompasses is creative dreamers, mm -hmm. um, which I think is inside all of us. When you're ready to pursue that dream, being smart about it, not just diving into it full time without any any background, right? This idea of like the struggle doesn't have to be real. Right. Um, don't think that, you know, the gig's going to come your way, the customer's going to come your way, everyone's going to love you right out of the gate. Like, you have to put in work just like everyone else does. And sometimes that work requires actually physically getting a Going job, to job. Right? Like, live the real gig life. The breakthrough isn't going to happen day one. Right. Right? It's <laughs> going gonna, it's, it's to take a while. It's going to take persistence. It's going to take drive. It's going to take humbling yourself, like give yourself that time to really perfect your art until you can reach the tipping point or the breakthrough or that moment when you're ready to go full time. Um, and it might not happen. There are some people that just aren't wired to do yeah. one thing, you know, so give yourself the time and reevaluate that time every, every month every year, set opportunities in your schedule to really assess your entire life and say, am I being realistic about this? Am I keeping, am I staying balanced? We have kids on the way. Am I realistically putting my my craft into this new family life and budget that I have? Um, uh, but all in all, like people should pursue their dreams. Yeah. Like they should not be afraid to do that. They shouldn't be afraid to jump into something new, change direction, change course throughout their life. But there's a way to do it realistically and responsibly. And so... And that looks different for everybody. There's no like, you can't go buy a handbook. Right. Right? You can... At all. Uh, but you can carve out time to sit down and, and lay your dream out and lay your life out and say, is this fitting? What's not fitting? Right. Right? And a lot of times it's... A lot of times it's financially rooted. And so being able to look at, okay, well, what changes do I need to make in this this month, in this season of my life um, to be able to make this dream as as big as I as I see it in my head. So st stay self-aware, stay realistic in some way, like figure out what's working for your life, what changes can you make? And then maybe there's no cutoff. Maybe there's like, I think there's a, an ethos around like if you don't make it in your 20s or your 30s that it's somehow over but i mean i think if you're just measured about your approach it's never too late to jump into something that you're passionate about to see if it's something that you can pursue on whatever baby steps or sprint that you feel like is appropriate for for your life absolutely well thank you so much casey for being on the podcast today it's been great talking with you yeah thank you and thank you for listening to Subject to Change. We make this podcast to help you grow in your confidence of financial topics and stressors. And we want to help enable you to tackle whatever financial focus that's right in front of you. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening right now. We release new episodes every two weeks. 
This podcast is a production of Educate, a financial wellness platform for the workforce. I'm Nick Roberts. Today's guest was Casey Field, and we'll see you soon.